Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body safe and prioritize quality, aesthetics, and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a non-profit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com, that's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy, let your freak flag fly. Hi, I've been married for 35 years, but no one's ever seen my wife. Welcome to The Big Top. I am your host, Barney, and today I am lucky enough to sit down with the squishiest, shiniest, squeakiest rubber frog, Rapido. Rapido and I met a while ago during a fateful drunken encounter, and ever since starting this podcast, I just knew I had to get him on to talk about his fetish journey and how the hell he came to be one of the most unique, interesting, and cool kinksters I've ever met. If you're new to the podcast, welcome to the show where a sex clown interviews giant rubbery frogs. Please rate and review if you get the opportunity. It makes a world of difference. And remember, if you love the pod, my name is Barney. And if you hate it, my name is Newsy Baby. Today, the circus is in Ringwood, England, and I invite you to join me as we go under the big top. Sometimes I make notes, but sometimes I make them in a hurry and I may or may not have had four beers. <laughs> What does this mean? Ugh, we'll figure it out. I'll see. You're lucky. I've got. I'm having an operation next week, so I'm not allowed any alcohol for like three weeks beforehand. Three weeks beforehand, really? Yeah, I've got to shrink my liver, uh, so I have to. I'm on a liver shrinking diet for three weeks. I've got one more week to go. Nice one. And I can tell you, painful because I was in Manchester this weekend with some rubber friends, and they're all out in Rembar getting drunk, and they're all having horrible like takeaways, and I'm there going, "Do you want another drink from the bar?" I went, "Yes, I'll have some more water, please." They're like, oh, it's this lovely big burger and chicken. I'm like, would you like any? No, I'll get my zero fat yogurt from the fridge. It's okay. Yes, but the benefits. I mean, at least you get to sort of sit on your high horse and be like, ha oh. No. It was a cheap weekend for me. Well, there you go. By the way, thank you for doing this. <laughs> also, we were meant to do this ages ago. What the hell happened? I, I just looked through our messages and I was like, did we both get to do this? Yeah, my, my life is just carnage at the moment. I don't even know what I did last week. I can't believe it's October. What is going on with that. Also, I've barely been in the UK this year. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? I, I, I'm stuck here putting up with fucking Liz Truss and her fucking the country up, you know? I'm so sorry that that's... Yeah. That's why I've got my Canadian passport, because if it all goes to shit, I'm fucking off to Canada. This is why I have three passports. Yeah, I'm... Goodbye. Always have a plan B. Yeah, yeah. I actually naturalised as British. So, like, why did I even... Whatever. <laughs> yeah, why did you do that? Well, I was a child. I was... <laughs> it wasn't really up to me. But... Oh, fine. No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I kind of want to start by talking about your kink closet because I've I've seen its progression and I don't think I can describe in words maybe you can the depth and breadth of the whole thing and and the extent to which it's kind of it is now a guest room that you have transformed into a walk-in closet that now has even from there developed into rather than being two walls worth of closet space now has a third going through the middle, essentially, of just the most extravagant, elaborate, insanely amazing, gorgeous, and, and runs the gamut. I mean, you've got all of your spanking tools all the way to your silicon bellies, all the way to your fursuit heads, all the way to your pup heads, all the way to your ABDL gear, all the way to your diapers, all the way to... It just really runs the gamut of of everything I could possibly imagine any kinkster wanting to need or have. Have you seen the catalogue that I got printed for it? Yes, I have, and it's absolutely insane. It's... I, I, I was just bored at lunchtime, and I thought, I'm going to turn it into a catalogue and actually have it professionally printed, the spreadsheet with all the numbers and tags, because it's all tagged. 
every item of garment and bag has a coloured number tag which corresponds to an Excel spreadsheet which can be searchable. Which is so satisfying, by the way, to look at. My OCD is extremely happy and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I look at the book and I'm like, it's my baby. And then I'm like, no, I have far too much time on my hands, which is incredible because I keep saying I don't, but apparently I do. How did, okay, let's rewind. How the fuck did any of this happen? How did this even start? I just, um, I mean, I, I've been, I've, I mean, I've been collecting suits. I mean, like the oldest ones, the Rapido Frog and the, and the Fifi Skunk. I've had those since two thousand and six, two thousand five and six, and those suits are still going. Um, Fifi was sold for about ten years, and then I bought it back, um, and they still fine inflate. I go to events, bounce around, but I've also collected toe socks over the years. I'm constantly your Omni King. I'm basically into everything, but it mm-hmm. all comes back to transformation. That's how I got into the community in the first place, into the fairy side of things. It's the transformation side of things. And it's always been the frog thing ever since I was about eight. Um, and I've always been eight. into rubber. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I've always been into frog transformation. I, I literally, honestly, I, I found my old little scrapbook I did when I was a kid about frog transformation stuff. So it's always been a thing. And rubber's, rubber ever since then has always been a thing as well. I remember as I was a kid going into sports shops and buying those rubber pool socks that you could buy for a couple of quid because, you know, that, that that was the closest you could get when you were that sort of that age just because of the tactile feel and the transformational aspect of it. So everything from there has been transformational ever since. Um, the ABDL side of things, I tend to do that as an anthro side of things. So it's a, a little puppy or a little mm-hmm. kitty or a little yeah. froggy, those sorts of things. Um, so I don't tend to see it from um, a little human point of view. But all my rubber and all of my animal heads and all of my suits is all designed to hide the human figure. So whether it's various kinks, whether it's the breasts, whether it's the belly, whether it's the heads, whether it's inflatable suits... It's all designed to to hide me away from the world and transform me into something. And each one of those suits or heads or costumes has its own personality, has its own thing. And because I've got so much of it, it it's it's never stagnant. So I can wake up and go, I'm going to wear a red pup hood with this rubber suit and those paws. Mm. Next, tomorrow, I might go, I'm going to wear a red pup hood, those paws, but a different suit. So having this much gear allows me to just keep that transformation going so that I'm not stuck at any point with a particular look. Okay. Was it, what would you say was more than the thing that really gripped you? Is it the, the rubber sensation from so early on, or was it the, the concept of transformation? It would be transformation first, but rubber very closely second, because I, what rubber does is it allows you to transform enough, but still stay the same shape. Mm. But you've transformed you enough that actually it's okay. But I, I also love the malleable because when you when you look at someone in a tight rubber suit, you don't see them. You see this lovely rubbery creature. You right. don't. You can't see what you don't know if it's flesh underneath. Whether it could be this. Whether it could be that. It basically just you might as well be hollow, which is why a lot of my characters are inflatable because I like to imagine that there's nothing underneath the rubber. Right. 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 Yeah. The inflatable. I mean. I, I love inflatables, but obviously for me, that comes from quite a different place. What was it really just the idea that like, what could be underneath is gone. It's erased like that, that it's, it's inflatable. So it's null space. That's it. And then you can fill it with whatever you want, water, air, all sorts of stuff to create a different texture or fill. You could overinflate mm. it, underinflate it. it. It's weird, but I don't do, I'm not a massive fan of PVC and pool toys. Okay. Um, because they're, they're a, they're a fixed, rigid thing. Yes. You, you can't stretch vinyl beyond its pre-designed size. So you, yeah. you either inflate it or deflate it, inflate it or deflate it. Whereas latex can be stretched, inflated, molded, tied off. Um, it can be, you know, whatever right. you can do with it. That's why I like it. And someone says to me, oh, do you do pool toys? And I said, no, no, I don't do pool toys. It's just not my thing. And when people, I, I see, I see artwork of, vinyl pool toys being overinflated i'm like that's not physically possible it should be rubber <laughs> you know it's ter- I'm, I'm all i'm terrible for that I really am that's funny because yeah i didn't even think about that i would have assumed that that would be so up your alley but of course yeah now that i think about it that is kind of annoying that you can't like overinflate vinyl that's it i mean a lot of people like it from an inanimate transformation point of view 
So if you uh-huh. like being, if you are very submissive into toys, you like being a toy or a thing to be used. Mm. A lot of people like that because they like being just immobilized as an inflatable whale. And it, it, you get a lot of artwork of like people on a beat or furs on a beach and suddenly woof, they're now a inflatable um, orca toy or whatever. Um, or they're completely inanimate with a painted on grin. Whereas I like to be inflatable rubber critters are actually still able to talk, mobilize and move. Which, by the way, is something you definitely did to me. Like, as in you awoke like that whole side of things. I didn't know that I really enjoyed being treated like a toy (laughs) before (laughs) I met you. (laughs) Because it was the clothing control aspect of well and also literally being called ken and being called a ken doll the whole weekend and being treated like a toy and being dressed up and being uh you know sort of manhandled and and that that really woke something up inside me i i really really enjoyed that aspect of things i felt very much like even being kept under the bed in the cage felt very much like a um you know, being put back in the toy box because it's, you know, full of plushies. I was like, I'm basically just one of these. Yeah, absolutely. And there's mental transformations along with physical ones. And I like that as mm. well. Like whenever I'm in Rapid or Fifi, my rule is I don't talk. Don't ask me a question because I won't talk. Yeah. When I'm in fursuit um, and I'm in I'm in a full character um, or where I'm wearing a big rubber head, I won't talk because the moment I talk, it reminds me that it's still me inside. Mm, mm. so I'm, I'm i'm very much i'm one of those silent suitors or if i've got a squeaker or, or a sound effect something but mm. i won't speak if i'm trying to transform physically into some larger critter would you okay so like was the furry communities very much uh the foundation for you like how you entered kink in a lot in sort of a large way kind of, yeah i mean I, I i knew i was into rubber way before i found the furry thing because it was trans i actually found furry through the transformation community way before I found like the London first. And it was the, the it was the where community, W E R E community. And mm-hmm. there was, there was a whole thing back in the nineties. It was where, you know, and you had like transfer and a few other kind of thing, but because it was always turning into animals um, and that transformation to animals and, you know, the frog transformation obviously is a massive thing because of fairy tales and other stuff. It was easy to find stories and artwork about animal anthro animal transformation not feral but anthro yeah. that was my thing all the paths kept leading to furry and that's how i found it so i've i've not joined furry because i want to have you know expensive fursuits and have lots of furry friends for me it was just a way for me to be able to just pigeonhole my furry transformation stuff and basically when i was i say <coughs> 14 <coughs> back then the rules weren't so rigid i was able to go to these meets and talk about furry transformation i found loads of other furs there from a similar vein you were at furry cons at 14 years old i I, I started going to london fur meets in 1999 so i've been around since the dawn of time in furry but back then it was just like there was like 15 of us in a room above a pub in kentish town london furs are not what obviously were a lot smaller back then right which yeah i mean uh yeah it's weird to think actually that that's how it all kind of started, but of course it is. Furry itself, actually, furry itself started from the goth community. That yeah. furry, that furry wasn't this big, colourful, twink, you know, teenager kind of young thing. When I started going, it was pubs in Camden and Kentish Town that were, refre- were frequented by a lot of goths that were from the wear community. So furry started off mm. from goth and that werewolf transformation side of things. And a lot of people mm. forget the roots of the furry community in this country. How then do you think, I mean, obviously these things evolve and they evolve very, very quickly and they become, you know, for better or for worse, they become something new. But I mean, what gave you the impetus? Because, okay, when I was 14, you know, I knew what I liked and I knew what I was into. And I, you know, there was no part of me that had the bravery at all to go out into the world and investigate that in a real tangible way. How did that even happen for you? Were you just like, yep, this is what I want to do. Here I go. Basically, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I didn't have the best school life, um, being bullied uh, mercilessly to point out to change school. So I was very much, didn't really have a social circle at school. So I thought, 
fuck it, let's let's go along and have a have a look and see what it's like at this fairy thing. And I went along, met a few people. Some people I met at the first ever furry meet I went to are still some of my friends even to this day that I still speak to. And we, you know, there's pictures of me. I actually, I had one of the first, it was me, one other person and one other had a partial. I had one of the first ever furry fursuits at a London meet. Really? Yeah, in 2000 and 2000. One, I think, or 2001, had a big red fox furry suit, but it, you couldn't get. There weren't fursuit makers back then, so yeah. it was a mascot suit, but it was quite good. But I had, I, you know, I had one of the first ever fursuits at London Furs. That's so um, cool. And you know, so you know, when I go, I, I go to London meets now, and I'm looking at the amount of fursuits, and I'm like, bugger, I should have learned to sew when I was in my early 2000s. I could be <laughs> rich now. Well, okay, so not to completely segue your talents with rubber which i find very 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 uh impressive because i don't understand working with a material like that whatsoever how the hell did that even come across because i didn't realize that you made pieces and when like when i saw the pause that you made i was like i was like kind of gobsmacked because i'd never seen anything just because i've never seen anything like it i've got um a lot of it comes back down to the rubber and transformation side of thing i love um Obviously, I love rubber. I love its transformational abilities. And you, you see rubber suits all the time. But rubber toe socks are, for some reason, rubber toe socks on feet, I for some reason, is just one of my things. And I think it's because where it goes in between the toes, it, it suddenly feels more um, transformational than if you're just wearing a rubber sock. Mm-hmm. So it feels like it's you rather than you just wearing rubber. Right. And the idea of the paw pads is because, again, it's that transformational. So not only are you rubber, but you're visibly an anthro now you're visibly animalistic whereas you weren't before um so i i want i made a i made a pair got a pair of paw socks and i just cut some templates and made it and i made a friend of mine was like oh my god i need that in my life and i was like well i can make you a pair and then i made him a pair and then more people wanted a pair and then i was like oh crap um more people want this stuff so eventually i started making loads of it and loads of it and loads of it and to point that i basically just can't keep up um and then i got a real job out in the real world and I was like oh bugger um but I really enjoy making them because this is going to sound really pure so bear with me here but I'm kind of making my own porn uh, yeah um because they keep showing photos on twitter and it's photos everywhere and I'm like I basically you're paying for me to make stuff for you to wear for me to go yeah yeah I like it it's looks good on you so I'm like it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy I'm like oh, I really want to see people wearing rubber socks uh, with paw pads. I'm like, well, if I make them, they buy them and wear them. I'm like, okay, let's solve that one. Yeah, and well, Andy get paid. That's it. So, but, it, you know, they are a high quality item and people love them. And They're I'm, incredible. I'm finishing off a current batch, but we've got 18 pairs that I'm going to be making to sell in October. And I get pestered almost every week from, are you going to buy, are you going to sell, are you going to sell, are you going to sell? Um, I don't, I can't make them quick enough. Mm. And then I decided to make the matching paw mitts as well, which oh. are the little rubber mitts with the paw pads on, so you can have the whole set, hands and feet. Okay. Where are you selling these? Uh, promise I'm not at the moment, because we've got, um, I've got a few, I've got five more orders to make from the batch from like three months ago, which I'm a naughty frog. I should have made them ages ago, but real life keeps getting in the way. But we're hopefully making 18 sets of socks and mitts to sell. We I was selling them to order, but it's just too much pressure. So I'm going to be making them for stock and then selling them gotcha. off. But we've just invested it in a massive laser cutter for the garage, like a like a three grand's worth of laser cutter, which so we can bosh out so much rubber and foam that uh, it's actually going to be my partner's full time job is to be making rubber gear, rubber socks, and rubber mitts. Hopefully, from the new year, there'll be literally full time job. Wow! Like rubber That's... bandanas, and it, it, you know, um, rubber drawstring bags oh. that you can have your own character cut into all the coloured latex on it, so you can have your own character rubber bag. You're killing me! All sorts of things. I mean, rubber bandanas. That's awesome. That is. So but I can't. Awesome. I, I I can't do patterning, so I'll never make like um, t shirts and suits. I, I I just can't do patterning. But if you can give me simple simple things to do, yeah. I can do them very well. Yeah. Just I don't want to get into suit making or anything that involves complex seams and in, mm. and I'll, I'm going to start doing a little bit of basic inflatable rubber work, but nothing too taxing. I I have to say the the idea, like I was saying, you know, with the clothing control thing, which you uh, I totally blame you for that thing of creating the porn you want to see in the world, even indirectly, 
is very I don't know there's something about that that's hot on both sides like being the subject of that I think so yeah hell yeah, yeah. being like made to like I love being dressed up in stuff that turns people on and then I'm like well oh, this is stupid and then the fact that they put me in it and it turned them on makes it hot and then all of a sudden the thing that I wasn't into now I am into and that happened with literally every single <laughs> item that I've Every everything I've been transformed into. I mean, I was not into being a cow. I thought, you know, my friend Cassie, I was at his house, and I'm like, oh, he's got a big rubber cow head. That's just not my thing. Cut to now, where it's very easy to make me moo. Um, even like ducks, like uh, one person. No, I'm the same. I, I love I love cow TF. I love duck TF. Uh, um, I, I, it's amazing, but it promise. I didn't know I was into it until I, I, I watched this program and there was a frog transformation and I was like, oh, okay, well, that that's that's awakened something inside me. What what the fuck? Okay, that's now a thing in my life. Shit. Was it Shrek 2? The best Shrek? No, oh God, no. This was um, 1994 or 5. Oh, I won't tell you how old I was then. But I managed to, I, it was my holy grail. I, it was it was a kid's TV show that involved a transformation into an, a big anthro frog in real life, not as like Whoa. cartoon. And eventually I managed to pester Granada TV enough many, many years ago to send me a DVD of the entire episode. So it's now locked in my safe. And if anyone burgles me or, or takes that DVD, I will hunt them down to the end of the earth and kill them. You might want to digitize it, just saying. Oh, no, I've got it digitized on my Dropbox. Right. But it's like, if, if anything happens to the original disc, um, people will die. Right, okay. Good to know that we have you on record saying that you will murder others. No, it's fine. Uh, there's a lot of things I'll murder people for. Um, mainly do it for my, my day job. Right, um, right. But that won't be discussed here. <laughs> In fact, actually, it wouldn't take much. Just a a very light push. Very light push, yeah. Just, just yeah. I, yeah. Be, be, being, being a boss is fun, but when you have to deal with people, it's like, I just want to stick your face in a blender, but okay. Hi, how are you doing? You know, it's lovely to meet you again. Hi. Wouldn't it be easier if you could just transform people into whatever you wanted? Yes, yes. You're a piece of shit. Oh, wait, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess, like, what I really want to try and unpick, because I've never really heard... I mean, okay, uh, the thing that I'm like, how did you end up knowing that all you desired to be was a giant rubber frog with huge tits? The frog thing is because, obviously, as I've explained, that that was that's the thing that that's my default form. Right. Yeah. I I love the rubbery nature of frogs. I love the shiny, rubbery nature. So that that's come along with it. Um, Maybe if I'd awoken my transformation to a fairy, maybe I might not be into rubber. Who knows? But it, it went alongside that transformation, so that's now that's now been burned into my brain. So the rubber side of things has always been there. Um, I like frogs. Anthro frogs are quite curvy, squishy, and round. Mm. So I had to make the character rounded and curved. Um, the penis and the large penis and the breast more just exaggerating the character so getting as far away from me as possible right um and becoming something completely different and you know to a certain extent extreme um and just something that you know i, I mean I, i've liked hyper for many years. i think hyper is probably something i've been into as early on as furry and rubber as well hyper uh, for reasons I, I don't quite know hyper uh, as just in... hyper breath hyper cocks right. you know hyper homes those sort of things um, again, that's probably a transformational thing. Mm. So it just kind of all come together. Yeah, like kind of like an other othering thing as well to go in that direction, right? Breasts, hyper breasts and hyper penises. They in my head, they always start off small mm -hmm. and then they transform into yeah. bigger. Yeah. So again, we're going back to the transformation side of things. So like you know, if you you grow hyper cocks, it bursts through your pants. Mm -hmm. You grow hyper breasts, so they burst through your t shirt sort of thing. Yeah. You grow a hyper belly like the rapido has, so yeah. you burst through your clothes. Mm. So it's always to do with that that growth from something small to something large in every way, shape, or form, completely erasing you know i i can put a repeater on and so many people go is there a person inside that and then i wave with them they go oh crap okay there's someone inside that shit i've never actually been in the presence of repeater proper oh you need to get to um I'm to, there's a rubber there's a rubber weekend i'm going to in november in gloucester for three days just rubber all three days and they normally make an appearance they're going to be at scotia con in next year spring next year 
Um, Fifi was actually um, allowed to be worn at Confuzzled last uh, this year in a, in a rubber panel, and it's the first time that I've been allowed to wear one of my inflatable rubber suits at a convention in Europe. Uh, the last time I wore one in two thousand and five um, was the first time the Eurofrance had seen this and flipped out, and I they basically. It was an international rule named after me about not allowing inflatable rubber critter suits at furry cons no. in Europe and UK. It's, it's quite famous. It's called the Rapido rule. It's quite, I'm quite proud of it, actually, because it's nice to have a rule named after you. But loads of people assume that the Rapido rule is because I broke it. I said, no, I didn't break a rule. They named one after me because there wasn't one that existed. Wait, um, wait. So to be able to wear Fifi at the, the furry con in the rubber panel in front of like 100 furries, and they were just like, oh, my God, that's a giant inflatable rubber scarf. <laughs> and a few people come up to me afterwards and were like, um, so, yeah, I really like the suit. So that's now a thing. Thank you. Okay, having a rule named after you is pretty fucking metal. Like, that is cool. What is the repeater rule? yeah. I mean, I, I, it's effectively referred to as that by con organizers in the, Euro- in the UK and Europe. Um, and as a result of that, most con organizers and meat organizers have this immediate suspicion that I'm going to come along and cause problems. I mean, I, I went to, um, was going to a ferry event at the start of the year and I got a message from the organizer, going, don't come wearing any, any kink gear. And I was like, no, no, I, it's a ferry event. So I was going to wear a fur suit if, if that's okay. What, yeah. Right. Like, but also what, what is the rule? Like what was not okay? Um, it was the original rule was not wearing, you can't wear inflatable rubber critter suits at the but why? And in fact, actually, all, all rubber, you're not allowed to wear rubber um, at any European... Uh, the, you know, EF allowed a little bit of rubber this year for the first time, much to the surprise of everyone. But up until this year, rubber is banned at furry cons in the continent, in um, in Europe and UK. Um, and you, if you wear a pup hood, you get slung out. What? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, tr- trust me, I, I yeah, I, I could have an entire podcast about what I think about furry cons. But yeah, so that's that thing. So having this rubber panel this year was quite amazing, and you know, it was just really nice to be able to wear it. That to me is kind of crazy because I don't know much about uh, furry cons, or I guess the furry community at large, other than every time any furries make an appearance at an event, it's always so delightful to see and to get to engage with I mean, them. Furries are lovely on the whole. They're they're lovely people. Most of the con organisers themselves are some of the kinkiest people you've ever seen. Right. But there is this weird there's this weird perception that they, they have to see furries perceived as this wholesome, furry, fluffy thing. Eh? Um for reasons that I don't I mean I I'm very overtly kinky. I am very rubbery, very furry, very you know and I don't keep my rubber side separate to my furry side. Right, why? You get you get all of me, and that makes a lot of organisers uncomfortable because I'm very. I just don't give a fuck if if I want to wear a pup hood or, or rubber at an event, right. or I want to wear furry. But they unfortunately a lot of meets and cons just assume. Well, he's just going to rock up at a furry con in a full rubber suit, and I'm like, but a rubber no, suit no, isn't I'm even just wear... <laughs> like a pup hood. Isn't even those aren't. Like explicitly, the words were too fetishy. Apparently, too fetishy for a furry con. Because <laughs> apparently, furry isn't fetish. too fetishy for a furry con. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. I mean, the furry community in this country started from transformation, which is in itself is a kink and a fetish. Yeah. So the whole thing is just a game of hypocrisy. But I, I could go on all day about that. But ultimately, it's. It is what it is. I, I, you know, I can't change it. Um, it, I'll go and wear. Fro- I do have dispensation to wear my inflatable frog hands and feet and tail at for at Confuzzled, um, which a few people were like, "Oh my god, it's rubber!" And I'm like, "I have permission from the chairman, so take your angst and shove it up your ass." Thank you. Goodbye. Next, you know. <laughs> That's powerful. But I, I've been around in this community longer than. Every single person on the board of the Confuzzled and ScotiaCon, and probably most of the attendees, bar a handful that are still around. Uh, I think there's about five of us that are still around from the 1999 era. So when I get when I get a little jumped up furries, like I'm like I could be your dad. Now fuck off out my face, you know. <laughs> just to anyone, just to anyone who says hi. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hi. Who are you? What's going on? Ah, how dare you? But no, I, I, I'm. I don't pigeonhole myself as just a furry now. It, it, it's it's generally been my social circle, but I, ha, you know, I go to Manchester Rubber Men weekend and hang out in rubber. It tends to be anthro rubber, but I tend to hang out in rubber with them. That's not a furry thing. 
I go to a rugby event in Gloucester, which is just adults um, and mature people for a, a social. Like we had cream teas in rubber, we have gala dinners in rubber. It's a very sophisticated rubber weekend. Well, it was until I brought Rapido out with a giant penis. <laughs> um, but there's lots of other events I go to. Like, you know, I go to lots of ABDL events um, as ABDL pups. So I'll do anything, but it, it all bases around the furry and anthro side of things. But I go back to London Fur Meeks now um, occasionally, and I, I just I look at it and go, oh, I don't think this is for me anymore. I think my time of going to Fur Meeks has kind of come and gone. I think I'm just a bit too old and a bit too jaded to go along and jump around with lots of teenagers and go, hi, life's amazing, mm, yay. Yeah. No, I just want to sit in a pub and drink whilst wearing a fursuit head. Oh, gosh, don't we all? Um, okay, I'm just going to uh, pause us there because I need to grab a drink of water and it's about that time for the break. But hold that thought because I... I'm fascinated by this world that I didn't know how little I understood. <laughs> I don't think I understand half of it anymore. <laughs> All right. Before you start on me, yes, water is my favorite drink, and I will hear nothing. No, it, it, it's my I, I my favorite drink as well. It, it's I go through two. Thank you. Day, oh, okay. Well, but I'm you not know. psychotic. I just... <laughs> no, I love water. Apparently, that's the minimum you should have a day. Apparently, two point two liters. I'm like, I have to force myself even. Yeah, the that. thing about that is, I well, I mean, obviously, it, that isn't a hard and fast rule because obviously we're all different sizes and shapes. But like, it's also how fast you drink it because I used to think. I just need this volume of water and I would drink loads at once when I was really thirsty and then would just pee a lot. And I didn't realize that your body needs a moment to like absorb the water. And so drinking a smaller amounts, but very frequently throughout the day to get that amount. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I just don't know what I'm no, saying. No. Was it was it was it clear that I'm not a scientist when <laughs> when I started speaking? No, no, not at all. And I, I thought you were highly qualified. No, I do give off that. You know, I obviously I I, I give off a very erudite um, aura. You'd be forgiven for mistaking me for someone who had any idea what they were talking about <laughs> any time of day. Um, I'm okay. I cannot get this furry con thing out of my head. Like. The, the it's because the furry community I don't know so much about because I've known for a long time that I'm not not a furry and furries have now, um, you know, made me come enough times that I'm like, good God, I need to. Oh, and I've now experienced wearing a fursuit and I'm also very picky. Like I, I want to design a character that I think what I want is like perfection. I want to design the sole character that defines that, you know, boils down what I want to to a T. And obviously that's not you're allowed to have more than one idea. But anyway, um I'm fascinated by the Rapido rule and how <laughs> how they can say anything is too kinky at a furry con. And that's obviously something that's being slowly repealed, which is interesting because it's very telling. Yeah, well, it's a strange one because half most of the organizers of these cons and events are some of the most kinkiest people you'll ever right. know. Right. But there's this assumption that the wider community won't be accepting of it. The organizers and groups automatically assume that they're going to get shit for allowing rubber critters at a fur con. And in reality, no one gives a toss. I mean, when I was in Fifi at that Confuzzled, what in, basically we needed to go up to the top floor of the hotel for a photo shoot. So obviously Fifi was fully inflated. So basically what happened is it involved three security uh, members of the Confuzzled security team, two large black um, tablecloths, and uh, like an SAS mission to get... So you had to inflate the suit apart from the feet and the head. Basically, one of the security guards had to go and call a lift in the main lobby and hold it, not let anyone in. One security guard had to wrap me in black um, tablecloths to hide how dare I wear rubber. And then the other person has to then like run me to the lift. Now, they didn't want people to see that there was a rubber suit there because, God forbid, someone saw a rubber skunk. Wow. Um, But ironically, it created more of a... More rumors and and like oh my god oh my god what was that what you know everyone was like oh my god oh, yeah. what's going on someone's being like hushed like a celebrity VIP into lifts and stuff and it's and I was just like you've actually created more yeah, way more um, it's more obvious now yeah 
And loads of people I spoke to us said, well, if you want to walk around in a giant skunk, we don't give a toss. It, it's fine. Um, I mean, I, I when I wore a repeater at that con, I actually wore a T-shirt and shorts. I had T-shirt and shorts made for the suit. So I was wearing more clothes than every other fursuiter in the convention combined. But apparently it was too fetish. Too fetish. You can't please everyone. There's going to be an element of the furry community that are purist. How, da- you know, that, how dare you wear a pup hood? How dare you? A pup um, hood? You know, like the most yeah, How dare you wear a pup hood? Pups are, pups are just a dirty... They're just a sex side. Um, oh, and how dare you wear rubber um, critter suits? You know, it has to be furry or nothing. You know, clues in the name, furry. I went, cool. Well, okay, well, I'm a frog. Um, and obviously, the only way you're going to get a furry frog is if you kill it and leave it out in the sun for too long. So how would you figure <laughs> that one out? And they go, well, yeah. you just have to just wear a furry one and just deal with it. I'm like, no, how? why should I conform to your view of furry? It's a texture. Like, it's that's to me, is ludicrous because it's like... Nothing is more explicit or unexplicit. Sorry, uh, my my son has joined us and he is he is purring. Um, hopefully not too loudly. But um, that's ludicrous to me. I, I guess I've been spending enough time in Berlin now where locals are just so completely nonplussed. I mean, like you can walk around in you know, as long as your junk isn't hanging out, no one cares because it's none of their goddamn business and it's not explicit. I mean, a pophood especially. Puppy play is not necessarily a sexual thing, and for a lot of people, it's more of an identity. And especially See, puppy rubber. play is, I think, actually a return to the roots of furry. Furry used to be about becoming. It used to be about transformation. It used to be about being a character. And pup play is, a, a, it's it's basically what furry was. But obviously, you've got those people that have that mindset that want to be a puppy. Um, it's not lots of pups. It's not about sex. Yeah. But they, what it is, is a pup is someone who's open about themselves, who's open about their sexuality. And I think a lot of people look down at pups because they go, oh, well, they, it's just about sex, isn't it? And I go, well, life's about sex. If, if you're not checked your genetics, we're, we're basically born to shag things. So don't give me that crap. But even still, like to say that is so, what, what do you want? Yeah, I know. It's not snuggle time. Sorry. Yeah, bye. Um, my son has left the room. Um, I'm free. Yeah, like, that's so diminutive. Like, it just it just boils it down to, well, you don't understand it then. I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a mask. Well, that's it. It's, it's transformation. It, it, it's... I'm wearing a costume. It's ha- it's... But yeah, people just assume, because you buy them in sex shops, that it's, it's about sex. I'm like, have you not seen X-Tube or whatever the equivalent is? Have you seen the amount of fursuit pornos up there? So you're telling me now, because fursuit can be used for sex, that then automatically now... Have I'm... you seen the amount of human porn? Have you seen the amount of vanilla human porn? Gross. I mean, like, who's to say what is and isn't gross? Don't yuck someone's yum and don't assume that it's sexual. I mean, literally, like, as far as I'm concerned, it's fucking Halloween. Like, it's, it's we're dressing up. Like, you don't have to assume nothing sexual until you make it sexual. And when you make it sexual, it's your goddamn business so back off like well that's it and people have made it sexual um i mean uh, there's um there's an event i go to a couple times a year called animals have you heard of it Mm -hmm. and yeah i love animals animals is exactly the vibe because it's it's a nightclub for pups for furries for kinksters for abdl pups it it basically if if anthro's your thing and you wear rubber spandex fur a pup hood and a jock strap, come on down, that is for you. And what I think Animals represents is finally an event that says, if you're animalistic or anthro in any way, come down, enjoy it. Yeah. Even if you don't want to be anthro, but you want to hang around with anthros, and you want to wear a rubber gimp suit, but mm. you want to just hang around with animals and just have a have an anim, you know animalistic evening, come on down. And... There's no there's no gatekeeping at the door going, no, I'm sorry, no pop hoods, no fursuit. You know, right. I, I've been down wearing my, um, my 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 frog head, which is the furry sort of felt one, with a purple and green rubber suit with a giant pair of tits underneath, big black and green goth boots, um, and with a giant tongue. And people loved it. They loved it. And these are the same people you can see at going to comms. Yeah, but they just relieved that there's someone they can go to see something other than oh look it's generic five thousand pound fursuit oh look generic five thousand pound fursuit right oh look it's a generic wolf except you're now red and blue and that one's now yeah. red blue and red you know it's like some variety but it's just unfortunately 
I, I, don't get me wrong. I go to fairy cons. A lot of my friends go there, so it's a lovely social thing. But it's just sort of, you know, stamp, repeat, stamp, repeat. And they, it just seems to be a bit stuck in the times. It's the same events at every fur con. It's like, you have your dealers then, you have your fursuit parade, you have your dance, you have this, you have that. And it's just like, ugh. So I go to loads of other events, like Doggy Weekend in November, which is yeah. a massive putt play convention in Manchester. And I have more fun there than all of the cons combined because I love putts. Pups are great because they don't give a shit. They mm. will wear what they like and they'll have enough fun and they're not ashamed of themselves. They're not so far in the furry closet um, that they're sort of touching the, the overcoats at the back of the closet. They're right. like, do you know what? I'm going to wear a pup hood. I, I, I am also a furry, but I'm going to wear a pup hood and I'm going to wear um, a, a waggy tail. And I'm going to wear little paw mitts on my hand. Yeah. And I'm going to go to this club and I'm going to pretend to be a, a, a doggy. And I don't care if you think it's sexual or not. I couldn't give two tosses. Isn't it funny, though, that that's like, I mean, that's the whole point of being a pup, right? That's the whole, that, that's what a puppy is like. It's like, this is me yeah. and I'm enjoying myself and I'm pleasure seeking and goofy. And like, it's interesting that that's become so popular because... It's like, yeah, the whole point is there are no rules. We can just have but, fun. But they assume, oh, it's it's it's, to, it's a precursor to sex. I might. Well, even still, like pleasure is like, uh, no, uh, whatever, whatever. That's such a stupid. Unfortunately, it tends to be that those that make the rules make the rules based on a set of circumstances that no longer exist. But you can walk around Berlin um, as a giant inflatable frog if you wish to. But two streets away at a furcon, that's banned. So it, it's furry needs to come up with the times. It needs to look at itself and go, actually, oh, we just don't give a toss. If you want to wear an inflatable rubber dragon suit um, or an inflatable rubber Pokemon suit at a con, and that's how you perceive the furry community, as long as you haven't got your cock out and shown your ass, I don't care. And if there's a load of furries there that don't like it, piss off and sort your own little furry con out and there will just yeah, be like, like five of you yeah. sitting around in the circle singing kumbaya and, right. and you obviously clearly don't have a fur affinity account you don't look at furry porn well it's like anyone who says oh your kink is weird and mine is normal and i'm weirded out by that it's like are you fucking kidding me that's just the most bizarre mental gymnastics to get to that level of hypocrisy like how can you see this thing I'm into is fine, but that thing you're into is not. Like, what? Absolutely. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, oh, it's fine that I want to be, you know, a rubber dragon, but it's super weird that you want to be a clown. Like, go fuck yourself. I mean, that's crazy to me because my favorite thing at events is seeing things I'm not used to seeing. Like, you know, I frequent this ABDL event because it's like... Anyone can show up. This this one in Berlin that I love so much, um, you know, it always feels like I, I'm coming home whenever I go there. And at, at the last one, you know, I was on cooking duty because <laughs> it's such a like, it's like a little family. But like, you will see rubber dragons there. You will see pups galore. You will see all sorts of things. I was in full clown gear, makeup and all. You know, it's it's a place where we can all come and be ourselves. And yeah, this is the diaper party and that's the theme, but it doesn't mean you're not welcome. So like we get furries there all the time. And it's crazy to me that like, then at a furry event, (laughs) no one else is welcome. Puppies aren't welcome. Come the fuck on. I know. I know. And it is disappointing, which is why when I go to furry event to fur meets now, uh, I just see the new generation. I'm just like, look, this isn't for me. I'm I'm older enough. I want to hang around with people that are just... Well, ironically enough, most furries start off going, oh, it's fur or nothing. And eventually, after about five years, they're like, actually, I'm going to try pup play. Oh, I like pup play. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to be a rubber pup. Cool. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to be a rubber, rubber daddy and buy loads of gimp gear and be hung up from the ceiling in a harness. So it, it's a natural <laughs> progression. Furry is, that's it. Furry is a gatekeeping fetish. It is that kind of starting point for people to find all the different kinky offshoots to do with an animalistic look. Mm. Where you'll go from furry to pup play to rubber furs to spandex furs, femme transformation, all those sort of things. And it all comes back to the furry community is like that launch pad for people to find their own kinks. 
Right. Everyone does it. Everyone will find their kinks in furry, and I guarantee you those. If you are, if you picked like hundred people at a furcon, ninety nine percent of them would be part of a, a sub fetish culture that is aligned to anthropomorphism oh, of some description. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Obviously, otherwise, what else are you doing there? But uh, yeah, I kind of came at it from the other angle where I liked specific things. I liked clowns, and then I liked adult babies, and then I liked puppies and then I kind of liked you know goofy costumes and mascot suits and fursuits and then became a thing when did ABDL how did that happen for you um that that's ABDL has been a thing probably ever since I've known it but I've never really come to terms with it and my ex wasn't a fan of it um but it's been something ever since I can remember um but that's actually a psychological thing from when I was younger about 8 years old I basically started getting bullied mercilessly and I didn't really have a childhood from 8 years old so when I started enjoying the ABDL and dressing up younger everyone says what's your what's your age and I I would say it's it's between sort of 5 and 8 because that's the point. I think my brain's trying to take me back to right. relive the childhood that I lost. Um, but because of the furry thing, I now throw an anthropomorphic spanner in the works. And it, rather mm. than just ABDL, it becomes an anthro-ABDL side of thing. So, you know, between five and eight, I transformed into a little kitty or a little puppy, you know. When did that happen, though? Because I'm always asking this question since like since it happened late for me like was that in adulthood probably from i I really started to explore it at university mainly because i I was on my own i was able to explore things on my own out of my parents (laughs) house yeah same yeah it's yeah that is that is kind of the time where those things happen um do you know what i just remembered um how we met is oh yes like a really that's such a funny story to me. Like I, I, it it is like no other. And I, I have to say, like I, okay. So for the people listening, for context, so I had only recently really started. You know, this was my very early in my journey. Um, kind of just meeting people like me. You know, I'd only just come out to my partner of five years, and he's like, "Go make kinky friends." Blah blah blah. And I hadn't made this my job or anything yet. And I wasn't open really with anyone about it yet. And so my friend, my vanilla friend and I, um, like my best friend, we we were just out in Soho having a drink. And then we decided, you know, we'd have enough drinks that we decided to go somewhere else and we go somewhere else and blah, blah, blah. And we ended up in Village. And I don't, I, I think it was drunk thinking, you know, it's really crowded. And so we we're like, oh wait, there's a staircase here. Let's go. Let's see what's upstairs. Got to the top of the staircase, and it was just you guys had a table there, and I'm trying to. Uh, what were you wearing at that event? I feel like you. Oh, were- I think I was wearing my red, uh, my red neck entry rubber suit, and oh, that was it. My inflatable demon hood. My demon hood. That was it with the inflatable horns. That was it. Yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The the demon hood. Oh my gosh. I was marvelled. There was a dragon. I remember seeing the dragon and being like, I, I turned to my friend and I was like, we have to stay here. We're drinking here. And she was like, okay. And immediately she could tell that like I was really excited and also it was important for me to be able to I don't know be around this and so you know I I went up and I said hi and I was like I just want to say like your costume is really cool blah, 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 blah. and then I think it would have been very easy <laughs> for you guys to say could could you please fuck off you know like this is not your <laughs> this is not your space <laughs> but I think it was also clear like how how just marveled I was and yeah it was it was so kind of you guys to let us hang like sit and hang out with you for a little bit and just I was asking questions and <laughs> turning to everyone and being like so tell me more about this tell me more about this oh my god this is so cool oh I want to try this blah 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 and I, I'm sure it was very overwhelming for some of the people there because you know I was just drunk and excited but yeah I mean and it was great that then you were like well look like we can stay in touch if you really want to and I was like yes please I would really really like love to to see you again and yeah the fact that I I, I then got to 
yeah, it was just such a weird, like, that's not how anyone beats anyone, really. But that is, to me, such a wonderful memory, even if, I, yeah, I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure my behavior was very overly giddy and tipsy and excited. And, and maybe the memory isn't so great for everyone else, but um, it, it meant so much to me. It really did. No, it was it was good. Yeah, I I enjoyed that night. We we, we still do the we call it London Rubber Critter Weekend. Yeah. So we still do that a couple of times a year. So we'll all just get an Airbnb apartment in Soho and just hit like the Duke and the Village in full anthro rubber um, gear and just tear up the West End of London. Like the last time we were there, we ended, uh, not the, the previous times ago, we ended up at Westminster Bridge. All of us, big photo of us in all our rubber anthro gear. Um, uh, with Big Ben and the House of Parliament behind yes, us. Yes, I saw that. I really love that. And also, I think it's really cool for people who... Like, as in, uh, the effect that it had on me was so validating. Like, no one was necessarily wearing anything that, to me, was, like, the thing. It's not like anyone was in clown gear. But to me, it still was so validating. I was like... These are people who are like me, who are brave enough to just be themselves out in public and are making it okay and are making it even cool. And I think the gosh, the effect that that must have had. And you, you, you'll never know the full extent of the effect you've had because, you know, not everyone will come forward and say it. But I guarantee there are so many young people who saw that and were like, wow, I can do it too if they can do it. And that is so awesome. Because you're really, really, really creating a space. And like, you know, community is 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 so important. Like finding people who are like you is so important. And you really are building that just by being yourselves and being yourselves out in public and being like, yeah, here we are taking pictures in front of landmarks and being like, this is us. You can be yourself too. We do get we get asked a lot, like, you know, where are you? And we go, well, we're just a load of um, rubber furries. And they go, oh, fairies, we've heard of them. I go, yeah, well, we're, we're just ones made of rubber. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, cool, whatever. Sounds good. Yeah, whatever. cool. But then go, oh, that's disgusting. It's fur right, or nothing. Exactly. They're like, the public are like, whatever, you know. We think and fur they're... is weird anyway, so you're weird, so that's fine. Yeah, like, also, it's just desensitizing. It's just like, okay, I get it. Yeah, okay, they were friendly, like, whatever. You know what I mean? So the next time they see it... So you take a member of the public and show them a fursuit and then show them a rubber dragon. They'd both they be like, well, they're both in the same mm. column of what fuck. They don't care. Yeah, no, I I mean, I didn't even think there was really a distinction. I, I'm, I'm like, well, it's the same. I mean, does the material matter? How is rubber more sexual than fursuits? It's not like it's more form-fitting by definition. And even if it is, it's not inherently <laughs> explicit. So, so what? Um, okay, so I always love to end on, you know, like a positive note, just kind of like a yay moment. Do you have like a yay moment to end on? Like a really just whatever it is, just like a positive thing? Yeah, um, just don't let people tell you what you shouldn't and shouldn't be into. Um, if, as long as it's not hurting anyone or illegal, if if it's your thing, go for it. If it's something that makes you happy, don't give a toss what people think. I, I learned that many years ago. Whatever you do, people are going to be like, eh? just enjoy it. Just just do it. Just enjoy yourself. And it, otherwise, you'll end up just resenting people in life. I did that for many years. I, I put what I was into in a closet and locked it away. And I wish I'd embrace it sooner. So if you find you're into something, just do it don't think about it just do it and just enjoy it and be proud of it and if anyone if you think people would look down on you for it just feel sorry for them because they aren't into things you're into you get an enjoyment from it so enjoy it fuck yeah fuck yeah and i wish i had more people tell me that when i was younger i wish i had anyone tell me that when i was younger because i i've recently started wearing clown gear at events and i'm like so far, it makes me so happy, and I'm like, why did I think I couldn't do this before? <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it, it's weird. Everyone, everyone's into weird things, right? And just embrace it. You know, I, I, I walk around at rubber events as a giant inflatable frog with massive tits and a cock, and <laughs> yeah. no fuck given. 
I just don't, I don't care. If you don't like it, I'm not forcing you to look at it. Right. Be your weird self. Okay, my positive today is actually going to be non-kink related. Um... I just thought this was cool. So there's a, a, a journalist whose uh, Instagram I follow called Danae Mercer, and I've been following her for a while now, and I just love what she's all about. So her entire social media is dedicated to debunking photo shoots and, you know, that like models and, and, and influencers and do and all, and all that stuff. And she's all about promoting self-love. So she does a lot of videos demonstrating how influencers and photographers stage and edit photos to disguise the natural parts of our bodies we're taught to be ashamed of and then then she shows those parts so like she'll pose like an influencer and then she'll sit normally and like you know cradle her belly or point out her cellulite or you know whatever and then show you that you can accept these as equally beautiful parts of yourself so she also has a podcast called talking out loud with danae uh where she discusses body image pressures and eating disorders with her guests and gives like really positive advice um so i'll link that and um as well as her instagram uh which is just at danae mercer so that was like my I just thought that was really cool and I've been following her for a while and my positive isn't always like a, a king thing and I, I, I just thought, oh yeah, actually that's that's giving me like, I was liking something of hers today and I was like, yeah, that's giving me good vibes. So I wanted to like shout that out. Anyway, thank you so much for doing this with me. I mean, I don't want to be lame, but like you were absolutely like a really formative, positive force in my early kink journey. And also like every time we've hung out, I have such fun memories like... Being out and padded with you was the first time I had been outside and padded, like, for any stretch of time, but never mind, like, that long, and then, like, going to the cinema and everything, and needing a diaper change in the toilets and readjustment and all that. I mean, I must admit, I, I get a lot of... I, I help a lot of people. I, I've recently helped a fur friend of mine who wanted to get in, back into Pupley, and um, he was he, he had a bit of bad experience. I said, look... Come to come with come with me to this. Come with me to that, and he's now got into it, and he's really enjoying it. So, I'm very much helping people get into pup play um, and furry and kink. So, I, if people are unsure, they can always reach out to me and go, "Look, I'm interested in rubber, but I don't really know how it works." Um, well, look, look, why don't we just meet up, and then you, you can try some of my stuff and see who you think. And and unfortunately, I'm responsible for. So many people being into rubber it is disgusting. Um, I feel like I <laughs> but it, I'm, I'm here to help people embrace what they've got deep inside. And if people want to say, look, I've always wanted to try ABDR, I've always wanted to try rubber, I've always wanted to try um, bondage, suspension, whatever, it's fine. No problem. I, you know, I'm here to help people feel like themselves again. That's so brilliant. Where can people find you, by the way? Um, my main website is uh, rubberfroggy.com. So it's got a link to my kind of like bio it's got and then it's got a, there's a page which has all the links to all of my telegrams twitters uh, fa profiles you, you name it that's so rubberfroggy.com is the best place to go and find um me and the various places i hunt on the internet awesome um as always you can find me on instagram at the underscore muckle underscore stota <sighs> always always burping on this podcast um and on twitter at t stota thank you so much this has been so fucking awesome and i guess if there's anything to take away uh from this it's uh just be your fucking self and don't care what anyone thinks yeah don't just don't let anyone tell you that what you're into or what you're feeling is wrong um it, it, if it feels right to you and it's not hurting anyone or illegal just do it just enjoy it make it happen because life you get one life um my motto and i want some of gravestone is life's too short to take it seriously Fuck yeah have fun you get one go that's it life is too short to take it seriously hell yeah that's brilliant it's true you know, yeah I, I wasted i wasted 10 years uh repressing myself into a closet with someone and i resent a waste of 10 years so i'm making up for it now and going do you know what if i want to walk around um soho in the west end of london as a uh, giant rubber frog with massive tits. Um, I don't care. Say what you want across the road when you're pissed with you. You know, I don't care. I Hell don't yeah. care. I'm, I'm doing me. I'm being me. I'm, you know, that's it. Just enjoy it. Enjoy life. You get one go. Go for it. Hell yeah. Why the fuck not? Life's too short. So just be yourself and join us next week as we go under the big top.
Hey guys, Barney here. I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings The Big Top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over The Big Top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use. You don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. It records studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.